Hour two of the Hoffman Show on the Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app. We will get back to the Commanders coming up in just a few minutes. Linnell for Overreaction Tuesday. Right now, though, it is time for Not My Beat. Today's top story from the perspective of someone who's there. You are looking live. This just in. Not My Beat. Well, it may not be the top story in terms of the most important thing. Um, This is one of the more important stories I've read in D.C. sports in terms of on the field, on the court, in a hot second. Inside the Wizards Rebuild is a three-part series from The Athletic, co-authored by David Aldridge and our guest, Josh Robbins. Josh, first of all, happy holidays. How are you, sir? Hey, I'm doing well. Thank you for that nice walk-up music. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, We got to get the vibe right. Um, So you... (laughs) This you, is why you guys are the best. And we're, we're trying. Our, our little engine that can over here. Um, so you and David embarked on something that I think is really important. If you're a Wizards fan and you are trying to understand, like, where is this thing headed? You know, they talk about small wins. What are they? And um, you go on in the series, for instance, in part two, to talk about some of the amenities that the players have had in terms of chefs and uh, different things in the practice facility that are going to enhance, and as Michael Winger, I think, brilliantly says, reduce friction on the way to success, even if they won't directly cause it. But in terms of that, that first part of the series that you focused in on, the small wins, why is that so important? And also, I think you did a really good job in the piece of kind of caveating, like, hey, this does not mean they're going to win basketball games, at least yet. Do you think that this is actually the right approach? This element of the rebuild is the right approach. You know, I've covered one of these rebuilds before, and um, it, it's in a, the word we used in one of our pieces is corrosive. Losing is corrosive, and they're losing a lot. There's no question. And one of the ways to counterbalance that is to emphasize individual improvement, preferably in areas that would benefit the team. So if I'm Daniel Gafford and I'm trying to get 21% of all defensive rebounds, that would benefit the team. And when the team is losing so many games, there has to be something, there has to be other things for the players, the coaches, the staff members to latch onto and to shoot for. And therefore, this is important. And it's also important that players improve and that the Wizards start to build a reputation in the league for players to be able to to point to that franchise and say, that's a place where guys get better. Do you think that that is happening? And and I know we're very early in this. Um, we're one se- We're less than uh, half a season. We're like a quarter of one season into what will probably be a multi-year thing. But as someone who, unlike most of us, who is like, I don't know if I have to watch the Wizards game tonight. You do. You're a beat reporter. That is your job. Are you starting to see some of those incremental improvements week over week, game over game? Yes, and in some in some cases, they're they're not only incremental improvements. I would think that Bilal is improving uh, quite a bit. Denny Abia has improved more than quite a bit. Daniel Gafford is shown, showing signs of improvement. I think some guys, uh, you know, Kyle Kuzma for one, um, you know, Tyus Jones. Difficult to pinpoint specific improvements, partly because they are 28 and 27 years old. Um, that it, it's very difficult to pinpoint that kind of growth. So 
for the younger guys, I think it's happening. I think for the older guys, it's much more difficult to identify. Um, Josh Robbins, the athletic Wizards beat reporters with us here on the Hoffman Show. I cannot recommend this series enough kind of inside the Wizards rebuild. Um, you mentioned the Gafford stat. That that's one you got your hands on. Twenty one percent of of team of total rebounds available. They want him to get. How closely guarded is this information and how hard has it been to get the actual numbers or even an idea of what numbers that Michael uh, Winger and Will Dawkins are looking for? Some of it is difficult. Some of it is some of the generalities are, are relatively simple. It, it varies. It, sometimes it varies from player to player. Uh, with regard to Bilal, who is so young and for whom fans' hopes are so high, and rightly so, uh, I think that they are, I think it's safe to say that the team is more reluctant to share specific goals. So it, in, in my opinion, if he doesn't meet those goals, that he doesn't get roasted, right? If that makes sense. It, they need to take a very long-term patient approach to his development. And he's, he's certainly exceeding, I think, expectations, but if I were in the wizard's shoes, I'd be very reluctant to heap any pressure on him. So I think withholding specific numbers um, in his case is probably a smart strategy. Now I would prefer to have the numbers <laughs> and I would prefer to publish those numbers. <laughs> right. Uh, we didn't get them. And um, so some are easier, some are more difficult to get. For example, um, even with regard to Anthony Gill, who's probably the most open player on the team in many respects, he wouldn't share his own numbers, even though there's probably very little uh, amount of clamor within Wizards Nation, if you can call it that, for his specific goals. So it, I would say it varies from player to player. Um, one guy you did get, and I thought this was super interesting, was Corey Kispert, uh, who's also extremely open. He's like, this is what it is, and this is what we're doing. That is the Corey Kispert way, and I both respect the hell out of it and love it as a journalist. Um, but what was, to, to give folks uh, in the audience an example here, what was Corey's number, and how has he really owned that this season? Well, I'm the co-author of that piece. <laughs> I can't exactly remember, but I can, I can generalize. They are looking for him and really everybody on the roster uh, to be honing in on their specific shot profiles, to try to hone in on doing what they do best and taking the shots that make the most sense for the team. In Corey's case, uh, it would be three-pointers, preferably below the break, and shots at the rim. I think that's safe to say for pretty much every player except um, Gafford. Right. It, yeah, He's just the shots below the rim. Yes, and I don't mean that as a slight to Dang, What I'm trying to say yeah. is, is that the whole league uh, shooting a mid-range shot outside of the paint is anathema. That's the word we use. So in, in Corey's case in particular, they want him honing in on his threes, and he's an elite three-point shooter, and attacking the rim. And he's a good finisher at the rim. Uh, so they're very, he's taken very, very few mid-range shots. And some of those are, are what I would imagine NBA players call grenades, you know, where you, you get the ball late in the shot clock and you just absolutely have to put up a shot. 
So uh, he's he has made significant progress in eliminating those non-paint two-point attempts. Yeah, no, and and as you guys wrote in the piece, uh, it, it was shots within four feet, three pointers, and uh, there was a great quote from him, like. I don't know whether it was you or David who had the exchange with him uh, through 12 games of the season, but you started to ask him about it, and he were like, "How many ga- or how many shots?" And he goes, "100 percent." And he, at that point, he had not taken a single one, as you mentioned, some grenades uh, since then. Josh Robbins is with us here on the Hoffman Show. So uh, the the last guy I want to ask you about real quick, though, Josh is is going to just ruin the good vibes because if there is one big disappointment this year for Washington, it is undoubtedly been Jordan Poole there was a thought that he would grow and that he would be doing you know, his numbers would get better based off of what they had been they were kind of what they had been for a while and have now dipped below what he was doing in Golden State despite being a featured guy here and a bench guy there in the conversations you've had around this piece and also just generally like what are they trying to get out of Jordan Poole and and why do the, the folks around the organization and why do you uh, think that hasn't happened yet Well, they need him to be a primary scorer, and they need him to have a a pretty high volume of shots, preferably shots that make sense. Uh, You're correct. He's been very inefficient. Not Actually, lately, he's shown signs of of real life offensively uh, against Indiana and their win, and um, last night, for instance. Yes. So... It's taken him time to adjust to a a bigger role and also to being the the person other teams are undoubtedly focusing on, uh, Jordan and Kuz. He's also taken time to, I think, adjust to new teammates and teammates adjust to him. And when I say that, I mean on the court, on the court. Um, there, there's an element... As good as NBA players are, um, it it takes time for them to learn each other's games. You know, this is not baseball. This is not even football, right? Um, this is a more free-flowing, more creative game that requires more improvisation. So um, his game is ought to be heavy on improvisation. And I think that's part of the reason why he has struggled. Um, you're right. He, he hasn't played up to the world's expectations for him. Uh, team officials say he's going to need time to really get comfortable, uh, maybe even the midseason. Uh, he said not too long ago it could take a full season, which, of course, I think Wizards fans would find um, ridiculous. They would they would say that. Um for some reason, Jordan Poole gets a, a heck of a lot less leeway um, than almost any other NBA player I've ever covered. It's a very interesting phenomenon for which I don't quite have the explanation. Yeah, no, I think that's an interesting point. And um, I think there's probably a lot of potential expectation or explanations, but we could probably spend another hour trying to suss them all out. So instead, we'll just leave that uh, that thought for pondering uh, amongst ourselves and amongst the audience. Josh, the piece is so good. Um, I got part three teed up to read tonight after the show. Um, thanks, as always, for, for coming on the show and uh, great work on this. 
Hey, thank you for having me. Uh, Merry Christmas to everybody out there and, and to you. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, and same right back yep. at you. That is Josh Robbins, everybody, from The Athletic with us here on The Hoffman Show. When we get back, Linnell and I go back and forth on the uh, the old quarterback offensive coordinator situation in Washington. The offensive environment under the microscope. It's overreaction Tuesday. Next.